Welcome to episode 720 of the Aussie Tech Heads, recorded on the 8th of April 2021. I'm your host, Jason Oakley. This is my co-host, Will Topkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. How are you? Why is that button not working? Hang on. The button. Let's press the button, Mark. Did you see what comes out? There it is. Hey, look. There it is. (laughs) The button. Button no buttony. It worked. It did. How's stuff for you? Uh, Hot again. Hot. We've gone from like five days of rain to like stupid humid already uh it was pouring so hard last night it was hard for me to see to drive get coming back home from radio and the bw double went off the road into the divider area which has got trees and grass and it didn't get back out again so that'll do it as i was going past there's all these flashy lights and another flashy light turned up red white and blue and then the rescue squad were there but I was listening to the radio this morning. Apparently, he was still there. So, that was yeah, 10.20 last night. Probably can't do most of the drives out. Yeah. He's stuck there for good. It's funny. They were supposed to say, oh, the weather's clearing and finding up as of, what was it, Tuesday? Supposed to start finding up. We had more rain between midnight and 6 a.m. like Tuesday than we'd had like the entire time before that. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's it's obviously clearing up. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, good work on that, Mister <laughs> But we had yeah. we had yeah pouring rain, and then today was on and off sprinkling. Tomorrow is supposed to be thirty, and then Monday's twenty-one. Yeah, so. we're, we're the same. Tomorrow's yeah tomorrow. It's supposed to get like. 29 tomorrow, 30 or something Saturday, and 32 Sunday, and then, yeah, back down to, like, 24 on Monday. <laughs> I'm like, why? It's crazy. Can't it just, just be 24 crazy. now? <laughs> so, yeah, I might... Uh, I started working on another VZ200 game. This one's going to be based on Joust or Emu Joust, depending on what version you played back in the 80s. Some friends of mine reckon it'd be cool to make, so they suggested that for my next one, so I started working on that, having a lot of fun. Good old Joust. Ah, oh, that was so much fun back in the day. I kind of, I played it first on the Micro B at school. That was the first I ever heard of Joust, and you still love playing on there. Yeah. I don't even know if I actually played the arcade. I must have at some stage, but we used to just play it all the time on the Micro B, so it was great. I used to play it on arcade when I was usually waiting for another game to become available. <laughs> it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't something I sort of played by choice generally. Oh, and speaking of microbees, you and just posted on Facebook in the vintage collectors group, computer collectors group, um, three microbees this guy is selling for 4999 And everyone's like, yeah, yeah good I luck saw with that. that. <laughs> 
But, I mean, it sounds silly, but it is sort of heading that way. They are, yep. Um, the, prob- the problem is a lot of people are buying them to bump up the price and yeah, then resell. That's right. And all us people who actually want to keep them and use them and do stuff with them are like, well, for that price, I could nearly buy one graphics card these days. Almost, you can almost, you can buy, find one. almost buy a graphics card now. If they if you if they were around to exist, those those crypto guys, they just buying them all up. It's nuts. I've, I've gone. I hate them. You know, you like the computer that I bought. Well, it'll be twelve months ago now. Was a three thousand dollar computer. The same computer is now a five thousand dollar computer. It's actually Are gone they up. Supposed in, to go down. <laughs> it's gone up in value because my graphics cards <laughs> quadrupled in price in two, in twelve months. <laughs> I should sell. It. I should do that. I can yeah. sell my graphics card and buy a whole new computer. Yeah. Don't, uh, <laughs> don't go into crypto, man. Graphics cards are where it's at. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's buy and sell graphics cards. Well, we were just looking online before. I bought a NVIDIA 3070 a few months ago for $1,200, and now it's 1800 Yeah. Aim card. Yeah, it's it's just nuts. You know, and the the funny thing is that, like, there's now it's not even that the crypto people want them it's now literally everything because there's a chip shortage so nobody's manufacturing any cards yeah so there's just no cards available so basically even i was even reading reports that um a lot of motherboard manufacturers have stopped putting onboard graphics chips on their boards because they can't get them <laughs> wow so there's actually even they're like, all intel though yeah but can't it, get the, they can't get the chips either. They can't. What's well, the uh, the fact? Just the factories are so flat out; they're all switching gears. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's just there's only a couple of factories. Well, not not all of them. A lot of the all the AMD embedded stuff's all um, all the AMD chips. Yep. It's only the Intel motherboards that have the embedded Intel cards. Ah, oh, right. Um, but yeah, it, it, a lot of the factories are switching gears, just making ramp up production on AMD stuff. I thought the American president was going to make a law that they had to make more chips because people needed more chips. No, I think he was. They said a couple of weeks ago. I think he was talking about like potato chips. Yeah, that's that's what he meant. People, people (laughs) talking about them Pringles, right? That's it. Yeah, exactly. Biden doesn't know. What do you want? Sour cream and chives. I'm sure I could do something about that. Go to Idaho. They got a lot of potatoes there. Guacamole. 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 What you call me? <laughs> guacamole. <laughs> but I mean, Biden doesn't know like, what he said. Isn't that a type of gun in America? A guacamole. <laughs> <It's> a guacamole. <laughs> uh, Biden doesn't know what he said two sentences ago. Uh, so I mean, who knows what's going on there? This show's gone off the rails about as much as him. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> um, uh, other but. Than that, it's yeah. uh yeah I mean it's it really has like I was actually but it's a lot of the stuff that's um even regular stuff lately because I was looking at um getting some um just a entry level uh, my computer at work the graphics card has died on it so I'm back to one screen at the moment with the inbuilt graphics card I was just trying to find a cheap you know it's only got to be a one gig it's only for desktop like nothing special. Yep. I can't even find a cheap entry level run of the mill office based card for less than like five hundred bucks at the moment. Like, Jeez. it's just ridiculous. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. I'm it's gonna, gone crazy. 
<laughs> I'm going to need to do something because I need my computer. <laughs> it like, can't not work. I don't want to spend... I might, I might chance one of those. Ali. I figure if I buy like an 8 gig card off AliExpress, it should be at least a 2 gig, I reckon. So I'll, yeah, probably, I'll probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> Take I'll, your chances. I'll buy some top of the range 8 gig, 16 gig card on AliExpress and it might, might run my desktop suite. If you're lucky. <laughs> Can it do 800 by 600, 256 colors though, huh? huh? Oh, have you tried? <laughs> I got the, uh, um, but I got Bub playing, my boy's playing the little Nintendo. Yep. Oh, that reminds me, I got to order a controller extension for that thing too. Um, but he's been playing the little Nintendo entertainment system and it's on, it's so annoying because it's on a LCD TV, so it's all stretched and all funky and yep. there's a way you can make it show square profile but even that doesn't look right ah. because the pixels are elongated for a rectangle display so it still looks strange but he probably won't care <clears throat> then it's funny because it's um well it's only a 20 uh, what is it 21 inch tv so it's actually one of those tvs from aldi from like 10 years ago yeah. media voc things um but because it's square it's like cut the <laughs> <laughs> and the, the TV tries to compensate, but it can't figure it out. So it's squat. So not only has it cut the edges off this image, the TV's doing weird stuff, and it's actually boxed the image within the box. So <laughs> the image is only about this big in the middle of the screen. Oh no! <laughs> so you probably uh, need to degauss it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would happen if you degauss an LCD monitor? That'd be fine. I'm sure. That yeah. Be- other other than that, you get some pretty colours. I don't know if it like works. Like those guys who are doing VR and they punch the screen. They get a lot of pretty colours down the screen, don't they? Or none. Or none. <laughs> <laughs> I them. saw one today. There was a video. Somebody's – it was a small LCD screen, probably like 24-inch up on the wall. I don't know why you would put a small – it must be in the kitchen or something. But the screen looked all cracked like somebody had punched an LCD. And they were watching it. And you could sort of make out what was there. And this guy was like, oh, well, it's already broken punched it and it came good yeah. it's, it's, it's a, like i didn't even expect that it's probably a bad ribbon cable or something yeah and back yeah. in the day you used to get the old laptops you do that the toshibas were the toshibas and compacts were the two biggest laptops for that if the hinges didn't snap off which is a big thing that they do yeah. um the ribbon cable where it mounted to the bottom of the monitor in, in your ibms and <clears throat> and things and lenovo's and whatever the ribbon cable used to run up the screen and mount up the top near the side so it had plenty of flex room but to save money on some of the samsung's and that they mounted it right at the bottom of the screen so it's right where it flexes all the time Uh, so you'd end up with a really bad like the compacts and that you end up with a really bad connection and you'd open it up and you get half your screen showing or whatever you just sort of poke at the bottom of the screen for a couple minutes and it'll come good because you've pushed the solar back together (laughs) on the ribbon cable you know what they don't like when you undo the screws and you take out the back of it, plug in a, a RAM upgrade that somebody wanted, and then really tighten down the screws really hard, and then you open up and the LCD screen has gone. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. This, this <clears throat> person was one of the managers at a place that I was supporting, and they were like, oh, yeah, I finally got my RAM upgrade. It's great. Thanks, Jace. <laughs> I broke your screen. That's why yeah, got nothing. when we used to do laptops, we'd always open the screen and we had a foam mat and we'd sit them on the foam mat and the screen would hang down off the edge of the bench. Yeah. 
and that way you couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah best idea. <laughs> yeah, we still do. I learned the hard way. The other thing that um, the other thing that a lot of people do is they put them in their in the backpack or in their travel bag, and they put the charger in beside it. Which was okay if it. you put it on the back of the laptop, but when you have it screen facing out and you put the charger in there and you throw it on your backpack, throw it on your back, and it yeah. crunches all scrunches up in the back there, and you get to where you're <laughs> going, and you've got this charger indentation in your screen now. <laughs> uh, just put it in the other side and push. Yeah. Oh man. When laptops back in the day, when they were the old, um, <clears throat> back when LCDs were had sort of just gone color, and you had the. Asking, TFT. You had TFT, then you had Active Matrix, which was slightly less blurry. Um, <laughs> That's the best way to... And you could see it from a little bit more of an angle, but not very much, but it was a huge selling point that you can see this from 30 degrees to the left, and I'm like, if I've got a laptop, I don't really need somebody. To, I, if I, I have a desktop, I want a screen to be able to see from all angles. Yeah, but not a laptop. You, you, you can move a laptop, see? Look, yeah, I can right. turn the laptop around. They're very light. Well, they're, they're all, yeah, the TFTs, which had a refresh rate of, I think it was two two or three hertz. <laughs> it wasn't much. It was pretty low. You How could many actually, milliseconds? It was actually, it was that bad. You actually, when you had the screensaver as the clock, you couldn't even figure out where the second hand was. It was so blurry. <laughs> then you had the Active Matrix, which was the next one up which was the the bee's knees it was great you could actually almost play solitaire successfully on that one yeah um well if you're good at solitaire that is <laughs> you couldn't play you still couldn't play actually games like you put doom and stuff on them and it was just it was just impossible there's just no refresh rate there but uh no the, those were the days but those those the actual screens were so robust back then yeah. Um, they had tough books and stuff, didn't they? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, t- they were quite Was popular. Was it compact or something? Compact of the tough books, yeah. Uh, and they were, um, but the hinges on every old laptop, every 486 laptop, 386 and 486 laptop, and even the, what they call them, power books, I think, the original yep. Mac ones, yep. who are the ones who are responsible for not calling them laptops anymore and we have to call them <laughs> notebooks. Yep. Anyway, they... Um, the hinges, I don't know what they did, but the, the hin- unlike most hinges, that the more you use them, the looser they get, they seem to be the exact opposite. And the more you use them, the tighter these hinges got to the point where they just, just decimate anything remotely near them. <laughs> the amount of screens that would come in that were just hanging off the ribbon cables because the hinges had snapped clean off them it was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, those are the days. Back when technology was simple and people paid a lot of money for small things. Yep. Wait, hang on a minute. <laughs> technology is still complicated. On this show. <laughs> now technology is really complicated, but people are still paying lots of money for small things. So. <laughs> like graphics cards. Yeah. And you know what <laughs> else people pay money for? Um, depends. Up there. <laughs> well, not as much as I'd like. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, yeah, we do have Patreon. We have um, We have some Patreon supporters and we have... Some coffee, some coffee fans, and who will get some paper? I, love coffee. Mm, I bought a Gaggio coffee machine. <laughs> yeah, you and your Gaggios. Um, go go Gaggio coffee. <laughs> go go. go. You need to hook Sorry it up about to, that, Chief. You need to hook it up to Google Voice now. Give it a. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go go Gaggio. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. Oh, dear. 
But uh, yeah, we do thank the uh, the supporters of the show and, and help us keep things up and running and paying the bills and um, it does help us a great deal uh, being unsponsored and, and not uh, you know we're we're not big enough to have ad revenue on YouTube and stuff like that. So um, I'll have you know I am very big, <laughs> not big enough, just in the physical size. <clears throat> you sir are minute. <laughs> as far as YouTube's concerned, I'm not a newt. I've got better. <laughs> and uh, no, it, it, it helps out a lot and helps us pay for stuff and uh, and get things done. And there's also a which we actually, as soon as I got time off, we might even record that this week. Um, Patreon only shows. So, Hopshara. yeah. So keep an eye out for that if you're a Patreon. Also, to let us know if that. Uh, I do send out Patreon um, updates and notifications when that goes through, but some people are telling me they're getting it, some people are telling me they're not, I don't know. So if I mentioned on the show that we've released it and you haven't got a notification, can you let me know and I'll see if I'm doing something funky in the back end or if it's just Patreon being weird like Google notification, like YouTube notification is only tells half the people anyway, so... That's because they didn't like, subscribe, and smash that bell. There's a bell? Oh, yeah, there's a bell. That's right. Ding, ding. Isabel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, also, that's our thing, too. If you do, um, I, I look at the analytics, and our uh, about 50% of the people who watch the episodes actually aren't subscribed. Um, so, if you could, it helps out a lot, and it, it does um, help us, you know, get, get more noticed by the YouTube algorithms. They like that sort of thing, so... Not like we could look at Facebook analytics. No, we can't. No, we can't. <laughs> we can't till they pick some random date, like um, May, like nineteenth or something. Uh, and then they're like, disable it. then they're going to disable the 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 business analytics side of it, so that you can't track how the year ad revenue is being spent and stuff like that. It's or so dumb. How, how how many hits you're not getting, but still getting charged for? Maybe. Yeah, oh, it's it's absolutely stupid. It's they're like they're going to keep the historical data there, but only for three months. And you're going to have to download that if you want to keep a copy of that. And their recommendation, if you if they want if you want to see how your things are performing and how they're working, is to go back and look at your historical data. <laughs> huh? So yeah, so if you're a YouTube business, you use um, YouTube pages and you have paid adverts and and uh, shop and whatever else on there, um, it's going to make things very interesting because I use the shop function in there for the business quite a lot and I quite rely on those. Yeah. Not so much the shop, but uh, sort of the marketplace-y sort of store thing it's got. Yeah. Um, And then it's also got the business page side of it as well. It tells you how many people are going through, how many attract, where they've come from, where they're going to, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and that's very helpful as somebody who runs a business. It's good to know that sort of stuff, but we're not going to get that information anymore. For long. We're still paying to pay for the ads and pay for um, placements and pay for that sort of stuff, but we're not going to get to see what's actually happening with it. Ugh. I mean, it's just terrible, ridiculous. Terrible, terrible idea. Well, I mean, it is because you need, like, when you're a small business, your margins are pretty tight just by the virtue of being a small business, you don't have a lot of free cash. Yep. So if you spend a thousand dollars on rev- on ads, you need to be able to see where that money is going because you need to know if that it's if you've got that. You need to at least get that thousand dollars back. You know, you need to get a thousand dollars worth of customers' sales to have covered that ad. Well, effectively, you need two thousand dollars because you need the thousand dollars that you spent, 
and you need another thousand dollars on top of that that you've put to get that money back. So uh, effectively, yeah, you need to be able to see what's happening. And when they decide, hey, you can't see what your money's doing anymore, you're like, well, why should I spend my money with you then? You know, exactly. <laughs> so, but. Um, they're all kind of going that way. Gumtree's getting harder and harder to get the analytics out of Gumtree now. Um, Didn't know they had any. Yeah, they they do if you're a seller. There's, there's that analytics for sellers, but it's not anyway. It used to be quite detailed. It used to be a lot like eBay's. Yep. Given that they run like eBay or get owned by eBay, you'd think that they would have kept that. But no, they've they kind of want people to go to eBay, so they've yep. kind of nerfed the functionality in Gumtree. Um, the Google Analytics is, it's very detailed, but that's the problem. It's incredibly detailed. You can't just get a quick look and see what's going on. You need to dig through the whole bloody lot of it. So they've gone the opposite extreme and just given you too much information. <laughs> like they'll tell you the browser that they've come from, the date that they've come from, the location they've come from, the country. What resolution this screen is. Yeah, exactly. They what do. bit depth this screen if is. If it's a mobile device, if it's in portrait or landscape, what orientation it is, what browser they've used to look at it, how much, how long it took the page to load, you know, what their gender is, what their age is, what country they're from. And then after about 12 pages, you go, well, what's the click-through rate? Did they actually click on the ad or did they just look at it? You know, like... Yeah. And then you That's find, what I want to know. Yeah. So they go the opposite extreme and give you too much information. <laughs> we need to launch our own business somewhere in the middle. Uh, yeah, well, that's, I mean, realistically, that's why I used to like, um, uh, was it Bitly? Used to do the uh, short URLs. Yeah. Yeah. They were really be, yeah. good for that because they told you the page that, they've, well, the area, like, where they've come from and where that link's gone to, obviously, but they've, the other thing they say is how many times that person's used that Bitly link and to go there as yep. a repeat customer as well as a fresh customer and how long they're spent on your page. You know, that's the bulk that's of the information. And if you've got a short URL, that's really handy stuff to know. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, that I had, um, let's say, 10,000 people over the last 12 months go to that link, but out of those 10,000 people, only 1,000 people actually stayed for more than three seconds on that website. So it, it's handy to know that sort of information. But they don't do that stuff anymore. The only thing they give you now is um, they, they only give you a... Uh, they give that, that Actually, they only give you a clicks now. They don't even, if somebody types it in, it doesn't even give you a count. It only gives you a clicks count. So it's only uh. if that, it's a link from somewhere. <laughs> That's the only information you get out of them now. Like, you can pay for the other stuff. That's what they did, provide like, a paywall, right? I just paid to have the stupid ad with the link and the <sighs> shortened Why now? <laughs> so, yeah. Too good fun. Anyway, Microsoft has launched a preview version of its own distribution of Java. Make it available for Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. The company has named the release Microsoft Build of OpenJDK and described it as its new way to collaborate and contribute to the Java ecosystem. The company has made available Microsoft Build of OpenJDK binaries for Java 11, which are based on OpenJDK source code. Microsoft said it's looking to broaden and deepen its support for Java, one of the most important programming languages used today. Well, it is a programming Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Already about the release on its developer blog, Microsoft. Microsoft, you got me. <laughs> Microsoft. 
Microsoft says, today we are excited to announce a preview of the Microsoft build of OpenJDK, a new no-cost long-term support distribution of OpenJDK that is open source and available for free to anyone to deploy anywhere. It includes binaries for Java 11 based on OpenJDK 11.0.10 plus 9 on x64 server and desktop environments on Mac OS, Linux and Windows. We're also publishing a new early access binary for Java 16 for Windows on ARM based on the latest OpenJDK 16 plus 36 release. The Microsoft build of OpenJDK binaries for Java 11 are based on OpenJDK source code following the same build scripts used by the Eclipse Adoption Project and tested against the Eclipse Adoption Quality Assurance Suite, including OpenJDK project tests. The binaries have passed the Java Technical Compatibility Kit for Java 11, which is used to verify compatibility. Microsoft build of OpenJDK is available to Microsoft Azure customers via Azure Cloud Shell or in the Windows Terminal. If they should have done eight, Java 8 is what Minecraft runs only on. So mm. if you're going to do your own one, wouldn't you start there? And then I guess they're going to just With their port. aim this as business thing because it's for their Azure and it's but not how really many people for... use Java as a standalone program? Unless you're building something like Minecraft, but in a business application, I can't really see it being, I don't know. A lot of them use it on the back end for heaps and heaps of business programs written in Java. That's the point. They're already, that's what I'm saying. Like they're already written and like. Oh, this is the this is the Java application that runs their software. Mm, I don't understand Java. Java is a kind of bytecode that gets um, translated, kind of. Hard to go into deep explanation, but it's all bytecode. It's not like um, C++ where you compile it and then it runs on the machine. So it's constantly interpreting it and translating each instruction while it's going. There's a lot of caching and stuff going on, but uh, mostly Java can't be run, a Java application can't be run without Java being on there because it's constantly, I suppose you could kind of call it compiling stuff as it goes as opposed to something like Minecraft for Windows that just runs because it's got all the Windows stuff there. But I thought the whole point of Java was that it was effectively open source. Anyway, like can't you, like all the Java files, well, most of the Java files and stuff, can't you look in and see what's in there anyway? Yeah, they're all just zip. Yeah. Jar is just a zip. So what's the... But for, for, the for it to run on your operating system, you have to have um, Java application to interpret the jar files and make stuff happen but so but by them saying they're doing an open java what's the difference like no this is just their version of it it's the same oh, okay. they just take an open java and making the microsoft open java ah, that's what i thought because like... they they tried to do the same thing with a language they called f sharp which was supposed to be copying java but everyone's like we, we got Java. We, Why Java. Do we need a reinterpretation called F sharp. Java works. It does Java stuff. So this is, I guess, basically Microsoft going. We give up. We'll just do the Java that everyone else is doing. I mean, Google has just won their lawsuit against Oracle finally for putting the Java API in Android phones. Hmm. That's only been going for like what four or five years yeah. in courts. And the court finally said, no, nah, Google's right. They can do it. So, 
Yes, it's the whole thing like Microsoft did. Was it um, Visual Basic? Yeah. And everyone else was already using Basic. It's just they put Visual in front of it, and suddenly it was a yeah <laughs> more attractive proposition or something. I don't know. I don't know, but um, anyway, data is important to all of us. But apparently, yeah, Facebook was great in Star Trek. I love that. Call. That was data. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you call it data, you'll get mugged. You'll have hate mail for the rest of your life. You realise that. Well, at least I'll get some. <laughs> yeah, at least you'll get something going. <laughs> it's about bloody time. Um, data. Send all hate to Glenn and Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you weren't already. Yeah. Data of the 553 million Facebook users dumped online. Um, so basically, yeah, 553 million Facebook users have been posted online in an incident the company says was due to scraping and not a cyber attack. But isn't that the same thing? Isn't I mean, it's an attack that happened on the internet, so it's a cyber attack. <laughs> Facebook IDs, names, dates of birth, gender location, relationship status, among other points, were leaked with each data set broken up by country and made freely available online. The mass data collection place took uh, 2019. <laughs> That's great. Running just funny. So it's, I mean, it's only two years. You can't expect this sort of things to be rushed, I guess. In a blog post on Tuesday, a social media giant said scraping was to blame, in which automated software lists publicly available data from internet resources. Uh, in this case, the functional issue on Facebook's contact importer prior to September 19 allowed individuals to imitate our app and upload a large set of phone numbers. To see which ones match Facebook users, allowing them to query a set of user profiles and obtain limited set of information. Uh, while this did not include user credentials, it allowed the use of mass scraping of profile data. The social media giant has since updated the contact importer to hinder future scraping efforts. Um, in terms of data, age 2019 to 2021 is not a long period. This information can be valuable. See if you've been included in this data breach. Head over to Have I Been Pwned, which is P-W-N-E-D. Um, have I Been Pwned.com. Have a look in there. See what you can find. You'll find all sorts of stuff in there. I'm on like 300 different websites that have been leaked apparently. Yeah. Um, as data leaks occur, data dumps are added to the engine in order to allow the general public to type an email address or phone number and see what comes up with. <coughs> to, if you put your phone number in, make sure it's international format. So you've got to do your uh, 614 or 617, depending on where you, what number you're using, if it's your landline or mobile, whatever. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I solved that problem years ago. I just have a public profile. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's private anymore no. if you come down to it, really, is it? No. And a public profile, I find a public profile is just easier anyway because it just lets me do stuff. If you have a private profile, you got, then you want a friend who's not on your list, you got to set a thing for them to see it, then just, just look at what I'm doing. Like, it was great. Care. Probably about eight years ago, my daughter decided to do some searching in Google for my name and <laughs> my and Warlock. And she comes into her mum and it's like, Daddy's everywhere all over the internet, isn't he? <laughs> like, yep. Been there since the mid-90s. You'll see a lot of emails for troubleshooting for Apache web servers and php software and stuff i've written and forums i'm on and stuff and if you're going to be public don't do dumb crap yeah pretty much <laughs> well, that's basically what it comes down to um 
It's easy you to just... go, hey, look, I'm on Facebook. This is me smoking some marijuana, which is illegal in my town. Yeah. At a party when I told the boss that I was sick today. <laughs> oh, I got fired. Why did I get fired? Yeah. It, it's... I mean, a private profile is not really private because it can still be accessed if you know what you're doing anyway. And if you've got a public profile, it realistically just makes life a lot easier at the end of the day. It's just, it's just so much less stuffing around, you know. And that's yep. the thing, like, too. Like, if you're on YouTube and you're on Facebook, which are the two... I mean, there's others, but they're ultimately they're the two primary, um, the two primary places to be. Then, if you've got a YouTube profile, you're already public anyway, really, and that's going to link back to your Facebook profile because people on Facebook are going to want to look at you on YouTube and vice versa. So you kind of have a public profile anyway because you can't have a pro- private profile because you can't have 27 million friends on your <laughs> friends list in Facebook. So yeah. <clears throat> if you any sort of internet presence at all, you you basically have to have a public profile. So. Might as well. But just, you know, once again, just be, be be smart, you know, have, don't do what some people do and have the one password for everything and the same username for everything and... And don't go you know. hiding from the police and then film yourself cooking <laughs> meals. Uh, no, not with a VPN anyway. No. <laughs> so. Especially if you've got distinctive tattoos that show up in the video. Pretty much. <sighs> oh, dear. Um, I forgot. Whose go is it? Yours or mine? <laughs> i give it another go. Starlink <laughs> opened up pre-orders for its service in February for $99 deposit, but it doesn't appear the company plans to offer any kind of tiered plan to folks who were hoping for some options. SpaceX President Gwyn Shotwell was speaking during the Satellite 2021 LEO Digital Forum panel on Tuesday, said she doesn't think we're going to do tiered pricing to customers for Starlink satellite internet service. Shotwell explained that the company was going to try and keep it as simple as possible and transparent as possible. So right now, there are no plans to tear for customers. That could be a make or break for potential subscribers who are hoping for a discounted, or for that matter, even more premium version of the service than the one it's currently offering. The $99 refundable security deposit offering that rolled in February does not cover the total cost for the service. The Starlink installation kit costs $499 and includes a power supply, Wi-Fi router, and a mountable dish antenna. Shipping and handling will also add another $50 to that. And then there's a service itself, which costs $99 a month. This might make the service less accessible to, for example, low-income households in rural regions. And those customers might be better served by Starlink satellite service than they might be with 5G. But that's who Shotwell said Starlink is attempting to serve, commenting that the company will be able to serve every rural household in the United States, or an estimated 60 million people. If that's the case, it would seem Starlink may need to seriously reevaluate its upfront costs. They launched a bunch <clears throat> of new satellites from Texas. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, another. And there was all these reports of UFOs, <laughs> and it was the Starlink satellites going taking off. Yeah, the uh, yeah, uh, the that was the thing. The ninety nine dollars was a deposit on the service. It. If like you a were, pre-buy. Well, yeah. If you were chosen as a beta tester, that yeah. $99 was actually would cover the cost of being a beta tester. 
because you had to put up with service disruptions and a few other bits and pieces. So yep. that yeah, that price was the initial testing, but yeah, it wasn't the total buy-in price, and that was quite. I mean, that was quite clear on their on their website that that was the case. Yep. So, and we talked about that. We did months ago. We talked about all sorts of stuff on this show. <laughs> Nobody listens. Clearly, I mean. <laughs> What? Did you say something? Half the time we don't even listen. I'm hearing voices. <laughs> yes. So, but uh, I just found out through um, Facebook that they've axed the new season series. Rewind. <laughs> if you say the Orville, I'm going to punch you through the camera. No, thankfully. They wouldn't want to after the amount of money that is spent re, re, rebooting that. No, they've just axed um, MacGyver. Ah. End of the fifth season, which is their currently era, halfway through the fifth season, I think, at the moment. Wow. Um, they've, yeah, they've, CBS is axed it. Well, that's not, I don't know. CBS is one of the worst networks for doing that. They'll have some of the most popular shows on TV and go, oh, we're done with that. Sounds like Fox, like, like it's, with Serenity. They're way worse than like, Fox. They make Fox look yeah. like the good guys. But it's the same sort of deal. Like, it has a massive base. Like, it's a huge fan base. Yeah. Um, you see, when yeah. Family Guy came back and then on the show, Peter listed all the shows that have been cancelled by Fox. <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, that's, that's annoying. I really love it. If you haven't seen it, it's worth, it's worth a watch. Uh, it's five seasons, so it's a decent watch. But it's... Once you get out of your head that it's not the original MacGyver, but it is very heavily inspired by that, it's uh, it's a good show. I just got Disney Plus this week. Why? I wanted to watch the <laughs> X Files. Seriously, Plus the Mandalorian's <laughs> going to come out on there, and all the new superhero movies are going to come on there, and everything's going to be there from now on. So I was like, might as well. If I didn't have Foxtel, and I only have Foxtel. For sports channels, basically, we pretty much watch. Son watches the cricket and tennis. Yep, I think they're sports. And I watch like we watch the motors, the V eights, motorsports. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much all we do with it. But it was good. Most of last year, they if you had Foxtel, they just made gave everybody the full package. Oh. So you had access to everything for most of last year, which was pretty cool. That's great. So it goes to show you that it doesn't cost them any extra money to have extra channels. You're just paying because you can. If they want you to. <laughs> oh, dear. But um, speaking of paying because you can, um, Italian man arrested after allegedly paying hitman in cryptocurrency. Uh, so, it's Bitcoin or something. <laughs> right? Uh, an Italian man has been arrested on suspicion of paying hitman... To assassinate his former partner, according to um, a Europol alert on Wednesday, the suspect dove into uh, the darkest corners of the internet to find a hitman and eventually located a website claiming to offer these services on the dark web. Uh, it is necessary to use Tor Network. <laughs> it is necessary. It, ah, it is necessary to use the Tor Network to access the deep web. An underlayer, an underlay, underlay, yeah. Yeah, that's something like that. Is under underlay is a word, but is underlayer a word? I don't know. There's not indexed by typical search engines. 
and the sector of this area known as the dark web is where illegal activities and purchases take place. After contact was made, someone apparently happily happy somebody. Wow, this is. I swear, you I, get the great I, I need stories. to learn. To, I need to learn to proofread stuff. After contract contact was made, somebody apparently happy to perform the task of assassinating his ex girlfriend was paid roughly ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin. <laughs> sure, he was. You know do it. the one that asks you for all your details before you can buy it and sell it. <laughs> so it goes on talk about. Yeah, how they did it and how they how they were successfully able to trace the Bitcoin transfer. Gee, I wonder how they managed to do that. He went to that website <laughs> called Buy Bitcoin Not From Police dot com. <laughs> um so yeah, basically they went through and talked about how they how they went and did that and the European agency as well as various law enforcement groups use a range of tools to monitor and track cryptocurrency transactions. And most of them, anybody can use, and they're publicly available. <laughs> so I it's guess what blockchain explorer? Yeah, basically. So I guess what um, the the thing about this was interesting though was that uh, in related news, a jail t- a Department of Justice announced a jail term of twelve years without parole for a Missouri resident who tried to buy. By, by, blah, blah, blah. Man, I tell you, I'm done. I'm going. See ya. <laughs> a Missouri resident who That's tried... That's the Aussie tech heads for tonight. <laughs> Tune in next week for more fun games like tonight. Uh, for trying to buy chemical weapons online. Um, he's given 12 years behind bars. A 46-year-old tried to buy two and three 10 mil vial batches of a highly toxic chemical through the dark web between June 14th and August 23rd in 2018. Because that's how long it's taken to get to him. According to US prosecutors, three ten, so now it's three 10 mil. <laughs> three 10 mil units of the chemical was enough to kill roughly 300 people. Wow. Uh, the orders were made in the name of a miner and the equipment and the equivalent of $150 in Bitcoin was handed over <laughs> while in contact with the seller. Um... Basically, the first delivery never arrived, uh, leading to so a second delivery. called the police and said, I was buying some illegal stuff online and I got ripped off that didn't arrive. Yeah, so the first, the first delivery never arrived, leading to a second delivery that didn't arrive. Um, <clears throat> so he thought the company might have been shafting, but in fact it was a controlled delivery sting by US police. The man signed for, Oh, no, sorry. So the first package didn't arrive. The second package didn't arrive. The third one, he was told, would be he'd have to sign for it to prove and like it would be registered package so they could trace it. But the third one was actually a controlled delivery thing by the US police. The man signed for the package and law enforcement, having detained a warrant, raided his home. (laughs) 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 Um, They discovered 10 grams of toxic... Cadmium arsenate and 100 grams of cadmium and 500 mil of hydrochloric acid and compounds, who he also ordered. Um, but yeah, the funny thing, yeah, obviously, but what tipped them off to this was not none of that. It was the fact that the um, Bitcoin, which again, if you're going to do this stuff, don't use Bitcoin, <laughs> but the Bitcoin that he was using was registered to a miner. 
and the miner can't you could probably own bitcoin but a miner can't trade bitcoin so the fact that he was trading the bitcoin is actually what started the whole investigation not the fact that he was buying these chemicals <laughs> so that you so, seen that there's a funny um youtube video stuff i was watching online where this guy tracks down people in the u.s who are scamming using airbnb as drops for packages that they've purchased with stolen credit cards and stuff and then uh give them a package that's got glitter bomb and a camera in it mm. and microphone and recording and stuff and when they open it up glitter and everything goes all over them so if you see them anywhere outside the house if they open it in their car or something there's glitter all over them and he films it and watches them and then goes over to talk to them and gets yep. the police involved and they go he's like here's the proof they got glitter all over them we had this package and they're using stolen credit cards and then they're like well it's not actually us we're just told that we had to pick up a package we don't know who for or where it's going we just say pick up a package from this airbnb and take it over there and deliver it to them and then we'll give you some money yeah but then he had a recording inside the box that had a microphone recording and he drove along behind them while it was recording and they're like hey we managed to scam that lady out of some money using her credit cards let's see what we've got next and yep. he handed that over to police so that when they were saying oh we didn't know what it was they're like oh actually yes you did because here's you saying you just scammed somebody out and used details <laughs> fascinating to watch there's an interesting um there's a couple of guys uh, the guy who does mostly glitter bomb stuff is uh mark rober um he is a nasa engineer and <coughs> uh. so he designs Overly complicated stuff for the, for the fun of it. To do. <laughs> <laughs> but he does a lot of the the porch glitter bomb stuff. Yeah. Um, but they also have caught phone scammers. And then they inadvertently got caught up in this massive scandal from all these call center scams. Yeah. Um, and it goes must through. Have been how I got onto it. Did <clears throat> you send me that? Probably. I started yeah. watching some of his other videos and came across the scam ones. Yeah. And yeah. they end up getting onto yeah onto the Indian scam in the Indian call centers who fleece people basically, and they were basically getting people to send them cash in these boxes. So he, they found, um, they they went through and processed one and found out the delivery of this, and they put a tracker into the box and they saw exactly where this delivery went and how it got there, and so then then they made a a glitter bomb. They did exactly the same thing, and they intercepted they they intercepted the UPS truck, but pre-delivery, and said, "Hey, we're gonna swap all these ones with these ones. These are all scam ones." They took with them all all the scam ones, and they gave the money back to the people who who yeah. lost it. And so, when all these packages got unloaded at the call center, they opened all these things up, and all these glitter bombs went off everywhere. And but basically, that call center got closed down. They actually um they actually managed to get that call center closed down. That was good. <laughs> um, so one of many, but it's still it's a it's a start. Yeah, it's great to watch the videos of them doing it all. Except a guy in Texas is suing them for injury and mental trauma and stuff, and so he's That's currently going litter up his nose. He's currently going through a lawsuit oh, uh, from this guy in Texas with one of the criminals who stole the thing, stole the yep. package off his porch. Has turned around and sued him and said, "Hey, you, you know, you hurt me and you caused me undue stress and this and mess and damage and stuff." And he looks like he's going to win the court case too. 
God bless America. Uh, so, yes. After 16 years of asinine questions and dubious answers, Yahoo Answers is shutting down next month. Is that the last thing of Yahoo that exists now that was Yahoo? They got mail that, and that's that about it. That was still right? open? Yeah. <laughs> the company announced that starting April 20, users won't be able to post new questions or answer other people's questions. On May 4, the site will become inaccessible and will redirect to the Yahoo homepage. Users who have posted questions and answers in the past can download their data via request before June 30, 2021. While Yahoo Answers was once a key part of Yahoo's products and services, it has become less popular over the years. <coughs> Quora. <coughs> As the needs of our members have changed, an announcement went out to users. Before, we had social networks like Twitter to ask silly stuff in relative anonymity. We had Yahoo Answers. It's a relic of the memories of most people over the age of 30 who use the internet without a ton of parental supervision. You could log on and post questions to the world that you would be too embarrassed to ask your closest friends. They say there's no such thing as a stupid question, but Yahoo really stress-tested this theory, and they were definitely stupid answers. Classics include... How is Babby form? How girl get pregnant? Which became a whole meme of its own. <laughs> How is Babby? <laughs> oh, I remember that. Wow. So I didn't even. I, I don't think at any point in my internet life did I ever go to Yahoo for answers. Even right. the search engine, I don't think I ever went to. <laughs> um, I. Yeah, I. Just, I'm. I think Yahoo Mail's the only thing they haven't shut down now, isn't it? They shut down their isn't groups. That, well, isn't that... Well, that's why 7 Mail or whatever it is. Well, that's yeah. in Australia anyway. Um, and Verizon and... was it? Ortho or something. The only thing I remember Yahoo for is that really crappy ads they used to have. Yahoo! Yeah, those ones. I know they had... Um, Exclamation mark. Um... One of the Yahoo Serious was it, Gemini, uh, Mr. Accident? I think it was. Right. Drove into one of the signs, and yeah, he's like Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> but that's literally like I. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I have a Yahoo email address. I never log on to check email. I, check emails there. I had one forever ago. I, I, don't I used to know. use it, that one in Hotmail for signing up to all the stuff that I didn't want to receive emails from, and they could all spam those, and I'd never care about it. Mine was, uh, this is actually my spam email address at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if they only look through it. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I wonder how many of these things are fully automated or if some of them actually have people intervention. No. If, if you spam you suck at gmail.com. Uh, Yahoo! There it is. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. One of those um, 2000s tech companies that... Oh, look, I think... Well, it, when they were mismanaged, they they were, but they always seem to just miss out on everything. Like they just miss out on that opportunity. They just miss out on that one, and then they'd they'd bring out like the obviously they did their search engine. Was it search engine first and mail, or was it mail and search engine? Search engine first, I think. Yeah, they bring out that, and then Google just decimated them. So then. 
they brought out Gmail, then Google brought out theirs and decimated it. It's like, they just didn't quite hit any of the, you know, I don't know. Partly, I remember their search engine was horrible. Yeah. It used to be. I I think they use... Although back... They started using Bing now, I think. Then they probably do. I know back in the day you used to use... Um, what, what? Alta Vista. Uh, Alta Vista. Yeah. Yeah. But Alta Vista, um, because it's searched... Jeeves. Uh, good old art. Oh, it's ask.com now. It's not Ask Jeeves yeah. anymore. It's just not the same. <laughs> Poor Jeeves. And Dogpile. But Alta Vista was good because it could search like four different search engines at the same time. Well, that's why I used to use it because it would search Google, it would search Yahoo, it would search Microsoft. Hotbot. Was it Hotbot? Lycos. Yeah. Lycos. Wow, it's like Lycos. It's all coming back to me. <laughs> I never I got... I mean, flashbacks. Help. Lycos was very techy if I remember. Oh, it's still around now. Yeah. It's still a thing. This doesn't look any different than it did back then. <laughs> Angel Fire. Angel Fire. Lycos is integrated with Angel Fire now. GeoCities. Uh, yeah. Well, no, that wasn't a search engine, though. No. I'm but just remembering old stuff that's died. Yeah. I've my goldfish. Wait. <laughs> my, yeah, my hamster. My sense of humour. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you got to have one of those for it to die. My quality of humour. Signal. <laughs> Speaking of programs that don't quite... Just, just slightly miss out on everything. Although, actually, they've done pretty well. But uh, you can thank Facebook for that one. Um, but Signal Messaging App tests out cryptocurrency payments. Encrypt- I mean, it makes sense. They're already encrypted, right? So why not? Encrypted they buy, messaging app they Signal. buy somebody to murder your wife using Signal. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, encrypted messaging app Signal is testing out a new feature that will let users make payments to friends with privacy-focused cryptocurrency Mobile co- mo- mobile coin, another popular one. Um, Signal announced new feature as beta that for now is only available in the UK because apparently UK don't have any restrictions on any of this sort of stuff. Everything launches in the UK lately. You notice we, that? our government hates encryption. Our government hates well anyone that's not our government, really. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's basically what it comes down to. Um, but in the UK, you should see a new signal payment feature that lets them send payments using mobile coin. Mobile coin that does not roll off the tongue, Mo- and it's one word: mobile coin, one word with a capital M and a capital C. <laughs> um, signal going to flood the news after Facebook and WhatsApp announced terms of service. Blah blah blah. Um, many people won't be familiar with mobile coin. The creator of Signal and the Signal end-to-end encryption protocol, Maxi. Maxi Marlin Spike. Wow. Advise Marlin on how to make the cryptocurrency both private and user friendly, according to a 2017 Wired profile. Nice. Maxi Marlin Spike strikes again in 2017. <laughs> so, I used to buy Wired magazine. That was great back in the day. Uh, back when it was Actional Magazine. That was like mm, the early 2000s, though, wasn't it? When it stopped doing hard copy? Yeah. Um, so it's a noticeable thing the encrypted messaging app might soon enable not just end-to-end encryption communications on voice and text but also allow private payments I, I mean it makes sense like you look at like PayPal for example same thing like, it's not hard for them to incorporate crypto because they've already got the infrastructure in place mm. um, but when you talk about something like uh, 
Facebook or, you know, something like that, trying to do, you know, mobile payments. It's, it, Didn't we do a story a couple of years ago that Facebook was going to launch their own coin or something? It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, I, they were. As far as well, I think didn't they actually launch it? But nobody bought it. I think so. Yeah. I think they actually did launch a coin at one point. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, it, it, it makes sense. Something like Signal. Um, if you think about it, it's kind of a combination of of well, it can have multiple use cases. You can use it like Twitter. You can use it like Facebook. You can use it like YouTube. Like it has all these different niches, but it can do all of them fairly well. Um, and it's in being encrypted already. Kind of makes sense to go the crypto route. Like it's there. You might as well. Yeah. <clears throat> so it would be good to be to, you know, doing a business dealing with somebody on their business website, for example, and you order a product and you can just shoot them. You know. But once again, using a a non-industry standard coin it means now I've got to go and have another wallet and I've got to have another you know like it's you'll just, have to buy it in Bitcoin and then convert it and pay conversion fees and well I just typed it in and it gave me a GitHub website well, well done so that's great <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try and see what it's doing but it gives me the like the GitHub, like the keys and account keys and gateway keys and stuff on GitHub. <laughs> Libra um, was the Facebook one that they apparently uh, renamed DM. Oh, is that that one? Okay. The currency and network do not yet exist. The launch was originally planned to be in 2020, but only rudimentary experimental code has been released. I think it's the same with mobile coin at the moment because it doesn't have, it's got a website that has nothing on it. Yeah. Uh. Um, about mobile coin. Mobile coin is a cryptocurrency designed to be used as a digital cash on your phone. Well, like, that's literally every <laughs> every crypto, uh, uh, and it doesn't seem to have a listing anywhere yet. So I don't know. We'll see. The main net is now live. on the seventh of December, twenty twenty. Feel for the main net. Feel free to check out the foundation's repository. Let's build a community around private payments. And this month they raised eleven point three five million in venture funding. Of course they did. Mobile coin is, coin is currently being used for peer to peer payments and signals available on several prominent exchanges. Yeah, but how much how much money do you have to change in crypto for the actual cryptocurrency to make money? Yeah. Yeah, like that's it's it's almost a, a, a nil gain, really, because the, that's specifically designed for that to not happen. <laughs> like the the coin isn't supposed to. You you can't. How do I explain it? The coin itself is the currency. the The currency is not worth money. So if you've raised a million dollars, hundred million dollars in venture capital, how do you pay that back? You can't pay it back in the crypto because the crypto hasn't been established to make the money. Is that where you one and two percent data? Is that, yeah, is that where you one and two percent transaction fees come in? Maybe because you know. can't like just give them a hundred million dollars back in crypto because that'd debase the whole currency in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how that works. 
This is why people who are much smarter than me get $100 million in venture capital, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) It it does use FTX, though, which is interesting. Ah. Doesn't support trades. So why did you choose FTX? Because you can't... Trade. You can't trade with FTX. You can literally only use that in the UK. It's the only country that allows FTX trading. That doesn't make any... I don't know. Whatever. Somebody knows right. something I don't. <laughs> Speaking of the UK, Great Britain's electricity system recorded its greenest ever day over the Easter bank holiday as sunshine and windy weather led to a surge in renewable energy. Sunshine in the UK? Is this story legit? They've the actually plants... had really good weather lately. <laughs> the power plants generating electricity in England, Scotland and Wales produced only... 39G of carbon dioxide for every kilowatt hour of electricity on Monday, according to National Grid's electricity system operator. Lowest carbon intensity recorded since National Grid's records began in 1935. On Easter Monday, wind turbines and solar farms generated 60% of all electricity as households enjoyed a bank holiday lunch. At the same time, the UK's nuclear reactors provided 16% of the electricity mix, meaning almost 80% was powered from low-carbon sources. Low-carbon power surge combined with lower-than-average demand for electricity over the bank holiday kept gas-fired power in the Great Britain to 10% of the electricity mix and caused the carbon intensity of the electricity system to plummet to its lowest on record. And here we had in our country, Malcolm Turnbull was going to be head of climate. And he said, you know, coal's dying. So they said, okay, you're fired. You can't tell people coal's dying. Even though it is, we just don't want people to know that. No, it wasn't that. <clears throat> he was the, the he literally owns shares in like coal power stations. Ah. He's, it was a conflict of interest. He, he gets paid by power companies to tell people that coal's still a viable option. That's like his daily job is doing that. Uh. And he goes, oh, I'm going to be head of the renewable energy. And they're like, um, no, no, you're really not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little conflict in interest. That... You're fired. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. I'd have to be up there for like one of the shortest, shortest hirings ever. <laughs> so... But uh, well, it's interesting. Like I'm, um, you know, believe what you want about climate, you know, change and all this sort of stuff that people talk about. Which apparently climate change has gone away for the last two years anyway, because everyone's dying of a new disease that doesn't exist. But um, I thought you said that one's gone away now too. What's yeah? Well, I mean, you know, it's, well, according to the media, see the travel bubble between Australia and New Zealand was open for three hours, and suddenly New Zealand had an infection. Ah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that'll keep us out of there. Yeah. Or them out of here, hopefully. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with that now. Oh, yeah, the... Uh, was it Denmark? I was just trying to find the story. I was reading it earlier. I think it's Denmark. Um, something like 90% of their cars sold uh, electric cars now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we don't is, want them here, but yeah, Denmark's great. So, which is interesting. Um, I mean, they have a really good infrastructure, so that that helps. But I'm surprised that... Um, they do so well in cold weather would be the biggest the biggest thing for me is the cold weather side of it yeah. they're supposed to be part of Victoria is supposed to be phasing out electric vehicles uh, internal combustion sales by 2030 ice. or something but ice, um, ice baby I don't know I, but you, you can never get rid of of 
internal combustion engines completely. You, whether it's diesel, whether it's petrol, there is always going to be a need for them. There's always certain circumstances where you need them. It's like America years ago phased out two-stroke for the most part. So their brush cutters, their mowers, their blowers, all that would basically become four-stroke. But over the years, two-stroke stuff snuck back in because it's just not practical to have a blanket ruling like that. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, for example, um, a blower. You know, there's almost no four-stroke blowers on the market. They're pretty much all two-stroke. And the reason is you can get a blower for $45 that's a two-stroke one or $300 that's a four-stroke. So, like, these blanket rules that they pass... They don't take into... And the other thing that was the issue was, um, it was... It was the same when they brought in the thing for P-Plates, saying you can't drive a turbo vehicle on your P-Plates. Yeah. Which just about destroyed apprentices because most of them have gone and bought a 1985 Toyota Hilux diesel, turbo diesel ute that still manages to do 80 kilometres an hour downhill with a tailwind. Yeah, but because it's now a turbo vehicle, they weren't allowed to use them. <laughs> and it's like, the blanket rules are a problem. You can't yeah, have yeah. blanket rules. You know, they, they there's always exceptions, and those exceptions eventually cause issues. Yep. Um, you know, and it's like saying you can't, you'll never have an internal combustion vehicle. Well, you will, because a lot of, there'll be a lot of emergency vehicles, there'll be a lot of first response vehicles, there'll be a lot of, um, specialized vehicles that will still be elect, uh, petrol or diesel because you know generators. Well, generators do they have to be? You know, pro, yeah, they have to be LPG at the very least. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's always going to be a call for you know if you've got a um, a long haul trucking business and you haul from Brisbane to Perth, which happens a lot. There's a lot of that going on across the country. There is no EV on the market that can even remotely come close to doing that. Yeah, and you they know. said um, Elon's big EV trucks won't be able to work very well on Australian roads. Um, Too windy and not safe. And, and hilly. And I mean, yeah. they'll be certain they'll be able to do a lot of the the short range stuff. Absolutely not a problem. They'll be able to do like the port to local delivery and stuff like that. But they won't be able to do the long haul. They just no. They can't. In the, In the US and the <coughs> UK, it's all right. They got a lot of straight motorways well, I had a friend who's been a truckie here for many many years and he went to the US just for something different and decided to start working in the US as a truckie and he learned very very quickly that as a rule um, they don't run night shift they only run during the day oh. very rarely will a truck run of a night over there and when they do, it's incredibly suspicious and attracts the attention of all the local constabulary. Like, he's used to coming here doing long-haul runs across the country here, yep. you know, where you, you're running day, day and, night. and night, and they're only allowed, they only really operate f- from like eight or six over there. Yep. <laughs> and so he was saying that, you know, it was it's such a strange phenomenon, like, he's surprised stuff gets transported as quickly as it does given that they don't have such you know long as many hours doing that sort of transport interesting so but um he said it was a problem like when he went over there he's gone back to the depot to load up for the night run and everyone's going home he's like what, where happening? are you going and they're like we're going home he's like but i've got a load to 
you know, this load's got to be over there. They're like, yeah, just do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on a minute. <laughs> so, but yeah. So Australia keeps the keeps um, coffee and no dos yeah, pretty, production. Pretty much, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those okay, things. King. We'll um, keep it. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there's, there's always going to be. You know, even if you do use solar and wind and, and the other things that are available, you always do need to have backup generation. If you have a, a grid fault or you have, you know, um, a substation explode or you have power lines go down or something, you need a backup and generator. What if you want to watch the footy at night? The sun's not know. shining. So. <laughs> the, you know, the diesel generators and stuff, they're all going to be running still to... Like, uh, Rosewood Hospitals, actually. factories. Well, our our town here where I am, we were actually running off a backup generator for about a week. Yeah. The substation that they just put in, um, they turned it on and a fireball came out of it. Oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> not supposed to happen, right? <laughs> so, I mean, as spectacular as it looked, apparently it was a bad thing. <laughs> um, I thought it might have been celebrations of that they, you know... They got Hooray. fireworks because they got it done. It's all pretty, and uh, apparently they're not. They're bad for. Doesn't work if you let the, the smoke out. <laughs> they let more than the smoke out. I don't know. <laughs> There's divots in concrete. They where forgot to <laughs> run no smoke in the auto back. <laughs> I think so, but we were running on the backup generator for for several weeks actually because of that you know so if it wasn't for a big diesel generator sitting there, we wouldn't have had power for a few weeks. Yeah. So you know. Anyway. Enough of that. Um, I'm done. Who's? I don't even know who's going. Yeah, I just closed. I just closed this. <laughs> no, not doing that one. <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. Take my ball and go home. Pretty much. That'll do. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show broadcast weekly. We can be found at facebook.com, twitter.com, youtube.com, and patreon.com, all slash Aussie Tech Heads, and coffee.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. Email us, Glenn Wheel and Warlock at aussietechheads.com.au. You can hear Aussie Tech Heads on aussietechradio.com, 24 7 back to back play of some of the best tech related shows from around Australia and New Zealand. New shows added each Friday. See you next time. See ya. Bye. 